needed this morning. Thank you so much uh, for showing up. Well, I just have a question for you. You guys ready? Pop quiz. You guys ready to receive the word? Some of you are. How many of you know there's a difference between serving and eating? Receiving, ingesting, letting it get inside of you. Let me ask you again. Are you guys ready to receive the word of God? Come on, somebody. Last week I talked about strengthening your relationship with God because when your relationship with God is strong, you have a full confidence that he will do what he says he will do. We talked about a couple of those things. Um, You know, there's just something spiritual about lifting your hands in worship. There's something that, that just happens on the inside of you. There's just something that happens when we spend time in prayer. There's something that happens when we get the word of God on the inside of us. It keeps our relationship with him strong, and we want to keep that relationship strong because when that relationship is strong, then we are fully confident. Somebody say fully confident. That God will do what he says he will do. Well, the next logical question is, what will God do and how will he do it? Well, we've been looking at last week and this week, we've been in Isaiah chapter 35, and I love it. It's a messianic chapter. In other words, uh, a messianic verse or a messianic chapter is a chapter, in this case, Isaiah, prior to Jesus coming, he was defining for us what the Messiah would look like when he showed up. In fact, let's take a look at Isaiah chapter 35, verses 5 and 6. Now, last week we talked about strengthening our relationship with the Lord, and there are some things that are a natural consequence of that or a natural outflow of that. Listen to what it says. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, the ears of the deaf will be unstopped, then the lame man will leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute will sing for joy. For waters break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. Now those things in Isaiah chapter 35, how many would you know, would know this? If you're in the desert in Nevada and you're getting parched, you're really thirsty, you're really hot and you're out of energy and you came across this raging river in the desert, that would be a miracle. Well, that's what the word of God is talking about in Isaiah when the Messiah shows up, when Jesus shows up, there are going to be certain things that follow him that will manifest in our lives and in the lives of others. When the Messiah comes, in other words, he will do miracles, somebody say miracles, signs, and wonders. And what I want you to understand today is that it is natural for God to be supernatural. That's his natural state. It's natural for God to be supernatural. In fact, this part I want to say tongue in cheek. If God wakes up in the morning, and how many of you know the Bible says that he never sleeps and never slumbers, so he's always awake. If God is awake, he is going to do a miracle that day. You see, doing signs and wonders is the nature of God. That's who he is. In fact, Jesus did signs and wonders when he walked on this earth. In fact, Hebrews 13, 8 says this. Jesus Christ, the one that did, what were some of the signs and wonders that he did? Well, he would show up when somebody had been buried for three days, and he'd call the dead person alive again. How many of you, that's pretty miraculous. 
He would reach down and touch the leper and the leprosy would leave. He touched the eyes of the blind and they would see again. He would touch the ears of the deaf and they would hear again. You see, Jesus did signs and wonders when he walked on this earth. And Hebrews 13, 8 says what? Jesus Christ is the same when? Does that include 2020? How many of you know we need some miracle signs and wonders in 2020? You see, God was doing miracles before Jesus walked on the earth. Jesus did miracles when he was walking on the earth. And church, I want to tell you today that God is still doing miracles today. In fact, I want to give you three things to think about today. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Here's the first one. And you've got to get this nailed down. Because if you'll get this nailed down, it will change how you'll look at the rest of 2020. It'll change how you look at any circumstance or situation that comes up in your life that you don't particularly like. It will change everything when you realize that God does signs and wonders. God does signs and wonders. I love that it says signs and wonders. A sign points you in a particular direction. And a wonder is a miracle of God that you just cannot, because of our finite minds, we cannot figure it out. In fact, one of the things that we have to realize is that our mind can be our greatest asset or our greatest liability. Listen to me, church. If you're a person that has to figure everything out, you will drive yourself crazy trying to figure God out. You simply cannot do it because he is infinite. He has no end. In fact, I, liked, I, used, to, I used to be in student ministry for the first 10 years of ministry. And, and back then, I used to do a lot of illusions, if you will, to um, help illustrate the message. And there's one particular trick that I would do with a newspaper. And I'd take some water and I'd pour it into the newspaper. How many of you know that when you think about it, you cannot pour water in a newspaper. It's going to totally destroy the newspaper. In fact, I wish I, wish I had the opportunity to share with you guys that illusion because it's fantastic. But the problem is I didn't bring a newspaper with me. Hey, Dad, I've got a newspaper. <laughs> Look at that. Come right on up here, Samuel. <laughs> Thank you, son. Give him a hand. You really want to do this, there's a little pressure because it might go wrong. Uh, this is the Dallas Morning News. Um, apparently, Samuel is a great reader of the Dallas Morning <laughs> News um, and happens to carry one with him wherever he goes, even to church. The, the problem with that is um, I would need some water to pour in the newspaper. Hey, Dad, there's some water right here. How convenient. Okay, so we've got water. We've got a Dallas Morning News. When I used to do this illustration or this illusion, it was easier to pour the water in because I always had a funnel with me. And because I don't have a funnel, I'm not... Hey, Dad, I got a funnel. It's almost like we planned this, isn't it? 
okay, I'm going to put this funnel in the newspaper. So I'm going to stand back just a little bit. And I'm going to have Samuel, look, this is real water. Come on, let me show you. That's trouble because it went up and got over my glasses. Now I can't see anything. Have Samuel dump, how many, wait, wait, wait. You know, if you dump water in a newspaper, that's not a good plan because it'll normally come right out the bottom. Come on, Samuel, dump that water in. How many believe that water went in that newspaper? Come on, I'm going to show you that water is not inside that newspaper. I am not sure where in the heck that water went, but it is not inside this newspaper. I don't know about you, but I like to conserve water. I don't like to waste it even for illusion. So let's just put it back inside there. Come on, somebody. Let me show you my newspaper. It is not wet. Thank you, Samuel. Here's the deal. My glasses are soaked. That's craziness. Here's the thing. It's a pretty good illusion. I love to do it. I used to do it with student ministries when I'd go speak there. But the thing is, the thing about illusions is that if you know the trick, you can do it every time. Because it's just a trick. But here's the thing with God's wonders. He's not just tricking us. He is just that good. In fact, the Bible says his ways are not our ways. They're higher than our ways. And there are some things that God is going to do in your life that you will never be able to wrap your mind around. He is so good and he is so loving. And he today, even in your life, wants to do miracles, signs, and wonders. You say, Mark, that's good. That's the way that you believe, but let's just see what the Word of God says. Well, the Bible talks about God doing miracles, signs, and wonders. In Exodus chapter 7, this is what the Word of God says. I will harden Pharaoh's heart and multiply my what? Signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. Psalms 135.9 says this. He's talking about God sent what? Signs and Wonders into the midst of you, O Egypt, upon Pharaoh and all of his servants. Daniel chapter 4, verse 3 says this. How great are his and how mighty his. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion from generation to generation. Are you guys beginning to get the idea that he is a God of miracles, signs, and wonders? In case you're thinking today, he just talked about that at the Old Testament. Let's talk about Acts chapter 2, verse 22. The word of God says, men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did through him in your midst. In fact, it wasn't just limited to God and it wasn't just limited to Jesus, but in Acts chapter 2, uh, verse 43, we're going to talk about what the Word of God says about other believers. Acts 2, 43 says, then fear came upon how many souls? Every soul and many, come on, somebody say many, 
many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. So we have God doing miracle signs and wonders. We have Jesus doing that. And now in the New Testament, we have God doing that through them into other people. In fact, in the, in the letter to Rome, uh, the church at Rome, Romans 15 verse 18 says this, for I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not accomplished through me in word and deed to make the Gentiles obedient. In mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God. So that is the writer of about a third of the New Testament. Paul is saying that. Listen to me, church. I want, I want to share with you those scriptures today so that you'll understand that miracles, signs, and wonders and gifts of the Holy Spirit have not passed away. Let's look at Hebrews 2.4. Come on. God also bearing witness with both signs and wonders with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. Can I tell you today, church, I grew up being taught this, miracles and signs and wonders had passed away. That's what I was taught all of my life. But I got to tell you today, church, miracles, signs, wonders, and gifts of the Holy Spirit have not passed away because God has not passed away. What God does has not stopped either because church, listen to me, God never stops being God. And the Bible says that he is a God of miracles, signs, wonders, and gifts of the Holy Spirit. And can I tell you, church, that any theology that says that God doesn't do miracles today is bad theology. Because God is God, and his nature is to do miracles, signs, and wonders. That is what God does. That, who, that is who God is. Come on, somebody today. Can we believe God in the midst of this crazy pandemic for some miracles, for some signs, and for some wonders? And there's a difference if you believe it and if you don't believe it. In fact, Becky and I, some of you know, we prayed for kids for a long time, several years, eight, nine years. And I remember God would send us people that would prophesy over us, God has heard your heart. He is going to give you guys kids. And we were, ha is this popping a lot? Yeah. Can we just switch mics? And I remember there was a, a particular church that we were going to an altar call where at the end of the service there was an altar call. And so Becky and I wanted to go forward and, and get prayed and just believe with God that he was going to bring us some kids. And so we went up, we got in line and we got to the altar worker and, and he said, why are you coming tonight? And we said, well, we know that God has promised us kids. We've been praying for several years now and we just want you to agree with us that God is going to bring us those kids. And he laughed. And he didn't know what to do. In fact, it was so awkward because it was so in our heart to pray and believe this. And this guy, you could tell, he didn't believe that God was going to do it. And so he fumbled across some little prayer and then we went back to our seats and, and we just decided that day that even if nobody else would agree with us in prayer, we would just believe what God was saying that he would do. 
Now, remember, after we adopted our kids, we were a part of a church in Oklahoma City, and one of the couples, one of the pastors on staff there came up to us, and they knew our adoption story with Faith and Samuel, and they said, hey, God has put it on our hearts to have kids. Will you guys pray with us? And we said, absolutely we will. Because we know the same God that was faithful to us is the same God that will be faithful to you. And so that night we prayed with our friends, Andrew and Allison. And do you know that today they have two kids? They believed that God is a God of miracles. Church, can I tell you today that God is a God of miracles. He was in the past, he is in the present, and he will be in the future. It's who God is. That won't change because it's what God does. And secondly today, I want to tell you this truth. Not only does God do signs and wonders, but God heals spiritually. You know, God heals physically, but he also heals spiritually. Isaiah 35, 5 says this. Let's go back to that verse. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. The Bible says in that particular verse that blind eyes will be opened. That deaf ears will hear. That the lame will walk and the mute will speak. He's talking about miracles, signs, and wonders. This is Isaiah looking forward to when Jesus was coming. We're on the other side looking back at that. And he has already set into motion the fulfillment of what we're reading about there. Let me ask you a question today, church. Would it be okay if God heals your spiritual eyes so that for the rest of 2020, you begin to see things that you've never seen before? How about if God heals your spiritual ears so that you begin to hear him speak something directly to you? What if God heals your lameness in some area of your life that you feel paralyzed to change so that you begin to walk in all of God's blessings even in that area of your life. Wouldn't it be cool for God to loose your tongue so that wherever you go, you begin to speak to people about the goodness of God? In fact, in Acts chapter 2, the Word of God talks about him, God, loosing the tongue of believers, and it says that people, and there were thousands of people that would gather, heard them speak of the wonderful works of God. How much different would our city be that if somebody went out in public, every time they went out in public, they heard somebody talking about the wonderful works of God? in the midst of this pandemic. Well, listen to me, church. If your faith is in Jesus, in other words, you come to a point and you said, I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life. Listen to me. The Messiah has already done this for you. Let me show you what I'm talking about. In Luke chapter 17, Jesus heals 10 lepers. Nine of them were Jewish. One of them was a Samaritan. 
And one of them came back to Jesus to say thank you. It was the Samaritan. It was the foreigner. In fact, in Luke chapter 17, uh, uh, starting in verse 17, listen to what the word of God says. So Jesus answered. In other words, Jesus had already healed the ten. One came back to say thank you, and that's where we're picking the story up. Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleaned? But where are the other nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, who did he say it to? He said it to the Samaritan, the one that came back. He said, arise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Let me ask you, church, why was Jesus telling him that his faith made him well when he had already been healed like the others? Some translations say in that particular passage that your faith has made you whole. You see, ten were healed, but one was made whole. The Greek word there for the word or that phrase to be made whole or to be made well, it's a word that Pastor Richie has taught on time and time again. It's the word sozo. Pastor Richie's taught on that before. And I want to remind you what the word sozo, that's literally translated into our English language to be made well, what that means. It means to be made whole, to be healed in your spirit, in your soul, and in your body. So in in other words, anytime that word sozo is used, it is talking about a total healing. It's talking about making things right with God, but it's also talking about in your soul, not only with your soul, but with your mind and your body being made well. In fact, sozo is used in the New Testament 110 times and 93 times which is roughly 85% of the time that the word sozo is used in the New Testament, it is translated into our language, save or saved. Now, how significant is that? That's the word sozo that is used in Romans chapter 10, verse 13, which says this, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved, shall be made whole in soul, in mind, and in body. We translate it saved, which means this. If you're a part of the Amarillo Fellowship family, either online or in this house, and you've put your faith in Jesus, he has already opened your spiritual eyes. He's already opened your spiritual ears. He's already healed your lameness. He has already loosed your tongue. All of those things are already available for you. He's already done it because we are past the cross, looking back at the cross, and it is already done. That's where we come in. Because we simply need to believe it and receive it to walk in it. In other words, you need to receive it from the Lord. Let it get inside of you so that it begins to come out again. Jeremiah 5, 21 says this. Hear this now, O foolish people, without understanding, listen to what it says, who have eyes and see not, and who have ears and hear not. And then Ezekiel chapter 12, verse 2 says this, Son of man, you dwell in the midst of a rebellious house. 
which has eyes to see, but does not see. They have ears to hear, but does not hear, for they are a rebellious house. These particular verses are talking about having eyes and not really seeing and having ears and not really hearing. Well, Becky and I got married in March 5th, on March 5th of 1988, which means we've been married uh, 30, what is it, 31 years? 32. Come on, somebody. We've been married 32 years. And one of the things that I learned after we were married is this. Ladies, see some things that guys, we just don't see. And all the ladies said. <laughs> Let me tell you what I'm talking about. Have you ever gone to look for the ketchup in the refrigerator? You need that ketchup. It's going to make those fries so much better. I'll go to the refrigerator. I'll open the refrigerator doors. Babe, we don't have any ketchup. Who used the last of the ketchup? Babe, it's in the top shelf on the right-hand side. No, I'm looking at it. That's not where it is. <laughs> Becky will come in there. She'll look at the refrigerator, and she'll go, it's right there. Why is that? Well, ladies see things sometimes we just don't see. And this is what I'm convinced of Becky Green. She can make things appear supernaturally. <laughs> She'll ask me, go to the drawer and get the scissors and bring those to me. Where are they, babe? Go to the far right drawer, open it up, look on the right-hand side, they're right there. I'll go to the drawer. I'll open it up. I will take everything out piece by piece and put it back in and say, babe, the scissors are not there. Becky will come in there. She'll open the drawer and she'll go, Mark, the scissors are sitting right there. She supernaturally made those scissors up here. It was miraculous. <laughs> How many guys can feel my pain? How many guys are sweating a little bit this morning? Can you just move on to the next point? <laughs> Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Because Jesus heals spiritually, we can see what others don't see. We can hear what others don't hear. And church, can I tell you, that's what gives us the confidence to be people of faith, even in pandemic times, because we see more than what the normal physical eye sees, and we hear more than what just the normal physical ears hear. In fact, in Acts chapter 9, starting in verse 17, the Word of God says this, so Ananias went and found Saul. Now, let me just bring up to speed there. Saul was the chief killer of Christians. He was dispatched to go to different place to find believers or followers of the way. In other words, people that were following Jesus to exterminate them. On his way, he was on a road to Damascus and a bright light surrounded him and he was blinded. And then God spoke to Ananias and said, I want you to go pray for him. And I can't even imagine the conversation between Ananias and the Lord on that gig. 
because you want me to go pray for the one that most likely is going to kill me when I get there when he sees again. You want me to open his eyes so he can kill me. That's probably what I would have been thinking about. Well, Ananias went and found Saul. He laid his hands on him and he said, Brother Saul, come on now, somebody. How many of you know he's trying to, he's trying to carry some faith that Brother Saul, you're not going to kill your brother, are you? Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, come on, now he's pulling the Jesus card. <laughs> he started with brother, now he's going into Jesus. He's he getting the whole posse together. We brothers in this together, and by the way, Jesus is the one in charge of this group. The Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road, has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And instantly, come on, instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he regained his sight. That day, there was a dual-fold miracle that happened. First of all, Paul was able to see physically again. But secondly, spiritually, he was made well or whole. It changed the course of his life. And here's the deal. This is how impactful it was. Saul went from being Saul, the Christian killer, to Paul, who was one of the greatest evangelists that has ever lived. And he wrote over a third of the New Testament that we now have before us. All because he was sozoed by God. You see, church, God heals physically and he heals spiritually. Come on, he will heal, he will open your eyes to see things that you've never seen before. Some of us need to stop focusing on the news and on Facebook and all of the reports on the COVID and they can't even get it right. And we need to focus on the creator of life in us. He will open eyes to see things that you've never seen before. He will open ears that you will hear things that you've never heard before. And he will heal your lameness so you will walk in all of God's blessing, even in that area of your life. And he will loose your tongue so that you'll begin to speak of the marvelous goodness of God wherever you go. That's what the Bible says that he does. And not only, church, has he done those things, but he has also given us a teacher, a comforter, and a helper. Amen. And I want you to write this down in case you begin to think, well, how do I, I can't do it on my own. I don't know where to get the wisdom from. I don't know how to take my next step. Well, let me just share with you also what God did. Number three, God gives you the Holy Spirit. Amen. God gives you the Holy Spirit. We're going to go in the New Testament in just a moment, but before we do, I want to set up what we're getting ready to talk about and what Jesus did. On the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles, Israel, which is situated in a desert, would pray for rain and they would pray for the Messiah. They would pray for rain because they needed the rain in their area to, to, to help grow vegetables, to help water things, and for just natural survival. And they would pray for the Messiah because they knew that the scripture said that when the Messiah comes, there would be rivers of living water that would flow out of them. In fact, Zechariah chapter 14 verse 16 says this, and it shall come to pass that everyone who is left of all of the nations which came against uh, Jerusalem shall go up from year to year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the feast of their tabernacles. 
And it shall come, uh, and it shall be that whichever of the families of the earth do not come up to Jerusalem to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, on them there will be how much rain? None. So on the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles, Israel, whoever would show up for this worship service, they would fill up vessels of water and they would go and they would dump those water, that water out as they were praying for rain in their land and as they're praying for the Messiah. Well, on the very day that they were praying for rain and they were praying for the Messiah who would bring rivers of living water into them on that very day is where we pick up Jesus at the temple in John chapter 7, verses 37 through 39. The Word of God says, on the last day of the great feast, the Feast of Tabernacles, Jesus stood there praying for rain. They're praying for the Messiah. Rivers of living water. God, call that in our life. And at that very moment, as they're praying that, Jesus stood and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He, believe, he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him, Go to the next one. But he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. As they're praying for rain, as they're praying for the Messiah, he stood up in their midst and he said, if you're looking for rivers of living water, I'm here. If you're looking for the Messiah, I'm here. And if you put your faith in me, rivers of living water will flow out of you. Church, can I tell you today, that Jesus came so you could have dynamic rivers of living water flowing out of you. And this is all possible because he has given us the Holy Spirit. The Greek word for the Holy Spirit is parakletos. And that means to walk along beside you. What would happen? If the Holy Spirit, if you knew you were going into tomorrow with the Holy Spirit walking right beside you, what would happen to your confidence and your effectiveness if you realized that the Holy Spirit was going to walk with you in every meeting, in every situation, in every store, in every person that you meet? The Holy Spirit was going to be right there beside you as your helper, as your comforter, as your teacher. But we start talking about the Holy Spirit, and this is what we start thinking. Some people start thinking, well, the Holy Spirit's weird. I don't get it. He's just weird. And the reason that we think that, it's, it's a logical conclusion to make when you see what some people do in the name of the Holy Spirit and then blame it on Him. Can I tell you, the Holy Spirit is not weird. People are weird. People don't need the Holy Spirit to be weird. People can just be weird and then blame it on the Holy Spirit. In fact, I want to tell you that the latest survey says this, one out of every three people alive today are, are weird. Look at the person on your left. Look at the person on your right. If they look normal, you're the weird one. I'm just kidding. There's no survey that says that. But the fact is that weird people are weird without the Holy Spirit. So when they act weird and they blame it on the Holy Spirit, it causes people to think the Holy Spirit is weird. The Holy Spirit's not weird. 
And he has a great function in your life. In fact, Jesus addresses it in John chapter 16, starting in verse 12, the function of the Holy Spirit. This is Jesus talking. He said, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. Jesus said, I'm going to the Father, the Holy Spirit's going to come to you and the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you. He will guide you into all truth because he knows all truth. Why does he know all truth? Because the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, Jesus, or God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. He is God in the form of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. We put our faith in Jesus. Well, let me ask you a question today. If he's living inside of you, what's the IQ of God? IQ, the intelligent quotient. Can I submit to you today that God doesn't have an IQ? He's got I. He's got intelligence, but he doesn't have the quotient part. The quotient is a mathematical formula comparing them to everybody else that's ever taken that test. Can I tell you that he is so far above us that he is off the charts on the Q side? He's got the I, but no Q. And church, can I just give you some good news today? You have somebody living inside of you. If your faith is in Jesus, I'm talking to you. You have someone living inside of you that knows everything there is to know about everything. And he is committed to be your teacher. Church, talk to him talk to him. Ask him how to raise your kids. You're reading 15 books. Ask the Holy Spirit. How, what do I do with my kids? What direction do I need to go in life? What do I do in this business decision? How do I solve the problems that I'm facing? What house should I buy? What stock should I invest in? Do you know the reason that most people don't talk to the Holy Spirit is because they don't see him as a person. They see him as a it and they see him as some kind of weird thing. In other words, they don't ask him for wisdom to help them find something, something lost. The Bible never refers to the Holy Spirit as it because he is a person and his name is God. And if your faith is in Jesus, he's living inside of you. There is a fountain of knowledge of everything already on the inside. Church, can I just tell you, develop a personal relationship. That's a relationship with a person with the Holy Spirit and rivers. Come on church, somebody needs to hear this because you've been in a dry and a dusty place. You feel like you're about to go down. You feel like you're not gonna come through this time. The Bible says that rivers of living or life-giving water will come out of you. In closing today, I wanna remind you of what the Bible says. The Bible says that God does signs and wonders. And he is no respecter of persons. If you're in need of a miracle, can you hear me today? He's got one for you. I want to remind you that God heals both physically and spiritually. This year, you're going to see things that you've never seen. You're going to hear words from God that you've never heard. You're going to walk in God's blessings in areas of your life that were formerly lame. And you're going to talk about the goodness of God to others. And I want to remind you that God gave you the Holy Spirit who will bring rivers of living water out of you in a dry, in every dry and weary land that you face. Church, 
can I tell you that just the things that God has done and the things that he is willing to do through you is worthy of us celebrating. Can we take 10 seconds today and just worship him and just praise him today and thank him for his goodness, church? Can we just say thank you, Jesus? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.